It's a good run from Osman. Early into Lukaku. 1-0 Everton. 5-5 for Romelu Lukaku. Lovely vision from Leon Osman here. Lukaku's 16th Premier League goal of 2013. Look at the space here for Barry. And then Osman! 2-0 Everton! Look at the time and space Gareth Barry had. But he had the awareness to see Osman who calmly rolled that into the bottom corner. Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, as always, with Mark Mack. Hello, I'm here, as always, with Mr. Johnny Seven. We're both here. We are both here. Both there. We're both everywhere. I like it. Yeah, right. Um, and it's been a good week to be a blue. It has, yeah. Just just because we hate Aston Villa, as we mentioned last week, yeah. I just need to get this out of my system. I'd just like to say, Ron Atkinson, Doug Ellis, Dean Saunders, Daly and Atkinson, Dwight York, your boys took a right hammer and... Get us back. Oh, no. No, he's not. He's, no, we'll let him off. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, so... At the weekend, obviously Everton against Villa, the most played ever fixture in the top flight. It was. It was one of the fixtures that's been uh, anointed as a commemorative game for the the football league, which was 150 years old this week. Yeah, um, and it was the the 197th time the fixture was played. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And how many have we won? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? How many have we won this week? One? <laughs> no, that's all that matters, isn't it? And ultimately, what was uh, billed as the Battle of the Belgians? Uh, what did it, it turn into? Battle of? It was like Belgium versus America, wasn't it? Yeah, but at both ends, it was. It was. Uh, I think um, in a real war, I probably put my money on America. Yeah, but who came on? I was on top. I'd say yeah. Joint, really, wasn't it? <laughs> You've lost me now. Are we it talking about Everton and Aston Villa? One Belgian and one and one uh, and one American. Yeah, and it just happened to be our one. Can you draw a war? I don't know. I'm or a battle? I'm sure, I'm, a sure, battle? I'm sure some people have tried to paint them. Anyway, never mind. Let's <laughs> let's let's get on to the game. And um, a few minutes in. Uh, oh, should we talk about team news first? Yeah, let's go through the team. Yeah. First. Uh, so. Uh, Probably expected, or did we expect Pienaar to come straight back in? I think we did mention it last week, yeah. didn't we? I said, you know, the possible only changes if Pienaar comes in, and I think we'll probably rest Osman, uh, and, and that was the case. Yeah, I thought there was a little bit of um, a little bit of, of a danger of Ross being dropped, and on this performance, you know, later on, you, you might say... I've got a feeling... That Ross may be on the bench for the Tottenham game, but we'll get to that a bit later. Yeah, could well do. Um, but Pinar came back in and he looked all right. Um, but anyway, the Blues uh, started off okay. No, they didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I watched the game. Uh, I thought that. Sorry, we're just having a, a droopy microphone <laughs> experience at the moment. 
Uh, I've seen that happen to me before, but it, was, it wasn't a microphone, it was something else. Anyway, um, yeah, in the first half, I mean, Aston Villa started very well, I thought, uh, and potentially by half-time we, we could have been three goals behind. Yeah, the first real opportunity uh, came from the penalty spot. Benteke went down, uh, a rash challenge from Coleman, would you say? A soft penalty, I thought. I thought it was one of those where Benteke sort of was running the channels, cut across the front of Coleman, and I don't think Coleman even stuck his leg out. He was just running, but, he, you know, he's tripped him. So by, probably by accident, more than, more than design, I would have thought. Um, and, so and it's been two games, though. Two games, though, and two penalties against Sheamus. Uh, any worries? Not a single worry. I know. I completely I, agree. I always... my When... when you know, a few seasons ago when he had his first stint at right back and he looked dodgy as hell for a while. Yeah. And I, I used to say to you, you know, I never feel confident about him. He always see, looks like he's going to give a penalty away. But I think he's, a, even though he's given two penalties away in the last two games, I feel like he's eradicated that and his defensive side of the game has got much better. Yeah, two uh, unfortunate penalties. That that yeah. one last, uh, last time against Man City, that was never a penalty, so... That wasn't a penalty, and this one probably was a penalty, but there wasn't much he could do about it because the lad just ran across the front of him. Yeah, so, I mean, we were fearing the worst anyway. Uh, up steps, you know, one of the, the, the best strikers in the league at the moment, Ben Teke, and um, Timmy saves it. Great save as well. Really, yeah, really good, good, strong good penalty. Hands. The only slight criticism you could have of the penalty was it was the height where it was saveable, you know, if it had been lower or if it had been top corner. I doubt, I doubt Timmy would have saved it. Still took a strong hand, though. It, it, took, it was still a great save, and to get it up and over the bar, superb save. Yeah, so uh, stayed at 0-0, and then um, another chance. Uh, ben Teke one-on-one again with uh, with Howard, and Howard does well again. Yeah, it came out leg first. Yeah. Uh, Uses his feet well. Uh, yeah, and again, Howard, and at that point, I was uh, on Facebook, I was raving about Howard. Yeah. You know, was thinking he was going to be one of the match after 15 minutes for what he'd done already and saved two goals for us well that, that was it seemed it, it, they started off like that uh, but then it seemed to go a little bit more end to end and we had a, 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 a decent effort with uh, Kev uh, broke away little cut inside and back onto the outside and swung his right at it and uh, deflected wide uh, another chance from uh, Lukaku good bit of interplay um, and but his header was just a little bit too close to Guzan. But still a good save. Yeah, I mean, I thought the I thought the first half actually was a really good game, a really good game yeah, of football. Definitely, I yeah, mean, really good. There was also that other good chance for Villa where, uh, the, like, the ball came over the top of Vyman, and I think Vyman thought he sort of stopped because I think he thought he was offside when yeah. actually he wasn't. Uh, and again, he, you know, he could have that could very easily have, have been turned into a goal. Similar, like. I mean, thing similar to his one against. Um, City, where the ball just came through and it wasn't offside because nobody touched it on, did they? And he just found himself basically through. But uh, kind of dawdled a little bit, got caught up, thought he had too much time maybe or was waiting for a flag uh, and Howard swept up. Yeah. Um, so we went into half-time, nil-nil. And I think they needed a little bit of a kick up the arse. Uh, and I don't think they got it really, did they? Because the second half, for the first 15 minutes... It's just turned into a really, really poor performance and a poor game overall, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I was starting to think, I was getting to the point where I thought, 
you know, I, I'll probably take a draw here because it looked like it was fizzling out like that it, way. It that did, way, it didn't did. It, it looked like you know we, we, the Blues were having a little bit of an off day um, against the side who potentially we very easily could have beat. So, um, but then uh, there would have been no shame in that though as well. Would you know if we'd have got a nil nil at Villa? Um, I don't think there would have been any, any shame in that at all because we haven't, as, as I said on last week's podcast, um, you know, we've only won there once. You know, last season was the first time. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't win there in seven years before that, and they are a bit of a bogey team at, at their ground. You say that though, but I mean, you, you you compare them two teams on paper, and there's there's no way we should be getting beat by them. No, you know, no, we, I know, but be, I know it's an away game, and I know. In most away games, you know, a point a decent result in the Premier League. But I looked at the two sides, and if we've got any aspirations of doing anything this season, then that's a, that's the type of game we should be winning. The fact that the uh, the other penalty saved as well, though, I, you know, I was thinking in that second half, nil nil. You know, of course, you know, I was cheering us on, but I thought, you know, I could see it going that way, and I wouldn't, I would have been disappointed, but it wouldn't have been the worst result in the world after the penalty, as well. But then uh, upstepped the person we can rely on for goals at the minute, uh, Lukaku again. Yeah, so uh, we needed a change. And I thought, you know, I, I put on the Facebook as well, uh, I, I saw Jelovic warming up and we didn't we didn't see him warming up last week at all. And I thought maybe he was going to come on. And um, Just on that note, um, do we know why Jelovic was on the bench ahead of Kone? Well, they've both been on the bench anyway, haven't they? But... Uh, Shall I sit now? <laughs> no. John sent me a text the other day saying Kone's not on the bench because he missed the bus, which was some vague reference to all the missed chances that Kone's done. However, I took this as the truth and told everyone I met that Kone got up late and missed the bus. Yeah, I also put it on Facebook and I don't think... I did actually put, like, hashtag Soz Aruna and uh, ouch... So that people could actually read between the lines and see that it was a joke. And I put missed in inverted commas, but I think everybody did just take it literally. And my joke just went down like a lead balloon. <laughs> and um, It sounds like most of your jokes. Really. Yeah, pretty much. And um, he, he, yeah, he got a knock in training. Uh, oh, no, he, sorry, he got a knock in the whole game, um, which he was, he was carrying. And then didn't quite make it. So that's the actual reason he missed. He didn't just miss the bus. He got a knock in the whole game. Yeah, did he? Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's what according. Is to that me. why you missed that chance? Probably, yeah. Right, okay. He probably kicked his own leg. Probably, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So, so I, I saw Jelovic warming up, and I was thinking, well, I'm kind of hoping, you know, come on, Jelovic from a few years ago, you know, get on there and nick a winner for us, because I thought, you know, it was going to take something like that to, um, to to break the deadlock, but instead, um, Barkley, who didn't have his best game, made way for Osman. And he came on and made pretty much a immediate impact with a with a good little bit of vision and an assist for Lukaku to get back on the score sheet again. Yes, yeah, so that's a five and five for the, the big Belgium, uh, as the commentator said on the clip coming into the podcast today. Um, and if, I mean, what more can we say about him? That's on fire, isn't he? And yeah, so uh, as you also heard, it was like you know, 16 Premier League goals this season. Obviously, only five this year. Sorry, this, this year. year. This sorry, this calendar year. year. Um, this calendar year. So f- obviously, five for us. But if he carries on this way, he could end up. You know, we should end up by, by, with 20 by the end of the year is over. And you know, every every goal by him is bittersweet, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah, let's get in. Yeah. We sure that we won, and then you think, 
Ah, crap. There's it's, our, ch- our ch- price tag. Every time up. he scores, you think he ain't playing for us any next season. No, but you know we'll deal with that when, when we get there. If he scores forty, yeah, enjoy, you. enjoy 40 goals this lasts. season. If he gets forty goals this season. I'm sure like, we'll give him a good send off, won't we? Enjoy him while he lasts. Yeah. So Osman with an assist, and then he went on. He went one better. He did, yeah. A um, little bit of play up the the right hand side. Uh, I think it was Gareth Barry, wasn't it? Who, who cut it back? He found himself in acres of space. I, th- I think maybe Villa were just so surprised to see him that close. To, uh, to their own goal because he just never gets up that far, does he? Was it? No, it was left hand side, wasn't it? Yeah, it was left hand side. Sorry, left hand side. It was our left, yeah. Yeah, uh, left hand side. Gareth Barry out there, cutting on himself, cuts a ball across there just outside. Yeah, the nice air. little bit of play actually. Picked yeah, him out yeah. well. Picks out Aussie, uh, and Aussie does the type of shot that we've seen him score before. Really, not a great deal of power. No, just, just a little really bit nice of bend, place, yeah. nice little bit of placement in the near post, and uh, two 0 the Blues. Yeah, so. Osman ends up being uh, the hero, really, doesn't he? I mean, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't much much else of note, really, was there? I mean, the only other talking point, really, was the McCarthy thing, which we were discussing before. Where yeah, you know, after Gareth Barry's tackles last weekend, everyone, Steve Bruce being up in arms, oh, Gareth Barry should have been sent off, should have been sent off. Uh, it was Macca's turn this week, wasn't it, to, to to fly in with a couple of hefty challenges, uh, and one in particular, which you know. Possibly he could have been sent off for, but luckily he wasn't. Yeah, Buckham was probably the the, the right course of action. I thought, like, but. yeah, I mean, it was both. They were both at full pelt, and oh, it's one of those that you know you play it in slow mo, and it, it did look awful, really. But I don't know. I mean, we 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 we're the victim of that type of challenge an awful lot. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, and so a 2-0 win for the Blues, uh, on a performance-wise, it wasn't our best performance this season. No, I, I think it was a really, really great win. It was, yeah, exactly, it was a good win. And that's, when, you know you're doing well when you, you're you not really firing on all cylinders, but you're still taking three points away from games. Yeah, two similar goals, um, and, you know, Lukaku, uh, Lukaku played alright, you know, good some, some good hold-up play. Um, and he got the goal in the end. Osman obviously coming back in, and you know he's had a little bit of criticism this season, and made a really good contribution. Like fired back, and you know put himself right amongst, um, you know back in back in his plans. You know he's got to be back into consideration at the weekend, doesn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, I didn't think there was any standout performances for Everton uh, apart from you know Osman when he came on. Oh, Tim Howard, class above, and, and obviously that I was going to say that Tim Howard in the first half. Uh, kept us in the game. From a from a Villa point of view, I thought I thought Guzan had a decent game. You know, even though we scored twice, a uh, couple of good saves in the first half also. Yeah, uh, for them. Uh, and my one to watch, Fabian Delph, I thought had, had a pretty decent game as well. He he was winning everything in midfield, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. His name popped up an awful lot on commentary. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well, I didn't. I thought you know Barkley was quiet, and I think you know Delph was was a big part of that. He, you know, he was sweeping up balls intercepting passes and, and Mark and Barkley for, for parts of the game and I thought he, he had a good game and, and dealt with Barkley quite well and Bar- Barkley had a quiet game because of that yeah so it briefly took us up to third place yeah the, the heady heights of third place and we're back down to sixth now but you know it's five wins out of six for Roberto and only one defeat in um, is it nine or eight uh, just a, I think it's nine isn't it do the maths here, yeah. Is, one, yeah. Uh, one defeat in that, not not including the cup game, obviously. 
And uh, I mean, there is like a little bit of a gap opening up now in the league as well, isn't it? From the uh, you know the top sort of six or seven, and then there's a little bit of a gap down to you know the likes of Man United. And if you'd have told me at this point that we'd be above, you know, Man City and Man United in the league, I would have thought we'd be top. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, I think the there's there's a couple of uh, sides who are uh, probably playing beyond themselves at the moment, and one of them probably being the shite who will make way for us soon, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, Liverpool will fall away at some point. They're playing Arsenal this weekend, aren't they? And then the little matter of the derby in a couple of weeks, so there's six points drop for them straight away. Yeah, and um, also Southampton, are play, you know, the, they are the second uh, second best defensive side in Europe at the moment. Just behind Roma. Yeah, Roma's so... Roma's the only side better. And on that note, I just want to say about Southampton, um, I've been having a little look at them the last few weeks and, and that lad they've got a centre half that Lovren I think we were linked with him you know before Southampton bought him and he is a cracking player yeah yeah well all over the, all over the uh, the team you know they've got obviously we've talked we talked about Ricky Lamb because he, he made you know he scored on his England debut but you know they've got another couple of uh, they've got Ramirez and Rodriguez and Adam Milana. Milana's a good player. Um, they've got a couple of good full-backs as well, you know, um, Luke Shaw. And Future Everton left-back, Luke Shaw. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And um, on the other, is, it, is it Klein on the other side? Yeah, Nathaniel Klein, you the ball from Crystal Palace. And a couple of good goalies as well when uh, when Boric um, is... is uh, you know, if he's if he's not a hammer, what the, the sub goalie, yeah, what the reserve, but they've both been doing well when he when when he come in as well. So, Boric looks a different player again. I mean, a few do you remember a few seasons ago when he was like he was brilliant for Celtic on European nights, and then he just sort of faded and lost his way a bit, and then he seems to be right back banging form at the moment. So, you know, I think I think I don't think Southampton will will last. They're probably in a little bit of a false position at the moment. Yeah, um, but but fair play to them because they they are playing well. So um, another, another positive that we, we took out of the weekend was a clean sheet because uh, you know we, we conceded a bit of a disastrous goal against uh, Hull. You know I think we, we discussed it and possibly Baines could have done better, uh, and then we conceded three against City. So you know bit of confidence in the defence again. After you know we we, we talked about Distan in in in, uh, in depth last week as well. And I thought this time was fine this week against yeah. Villa. So no I think that so it was a blip. So um, you know, back to a good solid defensive di- display really, barring the, the the penalty which we've already uh, t- discussed as well. Yeah. So uh, all round, uh, very happy with Saturday's performance, uh, and we never say no to three points, do we? Nope. Yeah. So we'll leave the Villa game there, and then we'll go on to a little bit of Everton news. Right, Mark, I don't know where we're going to start here. We've had so much news in this week. It's just jam-packed. Where should we actually go from? Well, a massive story this week is that Tim Howard believes his beard helped him save the penalty on Saturday. Really? Apparently so. Well, I think he was joking. Yeah, I think he was joking as well. But I'm starting starting to realise the potential in the beard. I think the the beard's got to stay. At first, we were all saying it needs to go. But uh, I think, uh, you know... If he keeps playing like that and saving penalties, then I'm all for the beard. If it could get so big that it actually fills the goal, and then it would put people off taking penalties. 
that would be that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> that if would... he just kept growing the beard until it like it basically filled the whole of the penalty area. That'd be great, yeah. Yeah, except our own defenders would trip over it. Well, no, because we play a high back four now, don't we? So we could just let people. We could play a high line, and if anyone ran through on the counter, they'd just run into this big black hairy forest. Yeah, you'd never score. Right, Everton. Get some something more newsworthy really, so we can <laughs> yeah. stop talking about Tim Howard's beard. Right. But if this is a plea to Everton Football Club. We need you to start doing things during the week so we can fill the podcast with news. Because apart from Tim Howard's beard, uh, we're struggling. No, I still think we should stick with my idea though of putting the flaney wigs upside down on your chin. And I still, I, I've still yet to patent that. So nobody pinched the idea. Yeah, have this as as my. Uh, my patent in waiting, whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway, um, sticking with Tim Howard though. Uh, over the past day or two, uh, one uh, our mate, friend of the podcast, friend of Clang, us, name drop, name drop, uh, Ian Snowden has said that Tim Howard is one of the best goalies in the Premier League. I think we already knew that, didn't we? Well, where where would you rank him? I haven't queued you up to this at all, so I'm putting you on the spot now. Where would you rank him in Premiership goalkeepers at the moment? At the moment? Oh, God. Because there's no one particularly playing well. The Gaia isn't having a particularly good time. Joe Hart, we all know, has been publicised. He's out of form. The lad, the fucking... I said the F word. I nearly dropped the F bomb. (laughs) The the lad that's the shite, uh, Mignolet. He's, you know, he, he is, he's playing... Fairly well. Is he though? Well, yeah. They're, they're raving about him, but I, the, you know, I, I don't think he looks the, the strongest. And I think I thought that Kabayi goal from last week. I don't think I thought he could have done better with that. So are we saying Tim Howard's the best keeper in the Premiership? No, the minute, then? no. I think Czech is still better than him. I put you putting him behind Czech. I don't I think Boric is probably doing doing better <laughs> than Boric. Well, if you look, if, two yeah. mentions on an Everton. I know, podcast, but, you, but you just look at the stats: three goals conceded all season. You know, I, I think he's he's a good solid he, he's he's a good solid keeper. I think, and it reflects where we are in the league. So I'd put him. I I couldn't put other. I couldn't put them in order, but I'd say he's sixth best because that's where we are. Oh, <laughs> he's right up there though at the moment, isn't he? In form wise, with the best of them. So yeah, and he, he's another one of those players. And a few a few blues get on his back because he's not the best at distribution, and he, he doesn't always. He's not a commanding goal. You know, he doesn't command uh, the penalty area as you know Neville Southall used to, for example. Whereas, like people would get a right bollocking if the you know if they even looked at him funny. Um, and uh, we haven't really, you know, maybe Nigel Martin was the only goalie we've had since then who's been like that. Do you think that's a problem with goalkeepers, though? Do you think generally fans think if you're a goalkeeper, you should be good at all aspects of goalkeeping? I mean, it's like, for instance, if you're Kevin Morales and you're terrible at tackling people. Nobody really is bothered, are they? Because that's just part of his game. He's not good at. Whereas with a goalkeeper, you're expected to be great at catching, you know, great at commanding your box, great shot stopper. You know, you're expected to to be able to do all these things, aren't you? It's, it's just just. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a big cliche, isn't it? It's the the the, the unenviable task of being a goalkeeper, and um, you know, the loneliest job in the world, and all all the cliches coming out. But you're just one man in your beard. One man in his beard, yeah. Um, but he, he saved us on Saturday, and he was he was arguably our man of the match. I think pe- a few people gave Osman man of the match because he made such an impact. But you know, without the solid basis that Howard gave us, 
we could have been three one down or three nil down at half time. No, he was man of the match for me by by a country mile. I thought. Yeah, good good to see him bounce back as well. And you know, you know he, he, as I say, he has had a few uh, a few bits of criticism. Uh, nice one. Anyway, good to talk about him and his performances rather than his beard as well. Well, I wonder if he's growing the beard until he scores again. Because I seen an hey. interview the other day with Tom, Tom Huddleston, yeah. Where he's growing his hair, isn't he, until he scores? I think you're onto something there. I think so that's maybe, what he's doing. Maybe he's grown that beard since he's got that goal. And, and that's what he's going to do. So it could as it could end up filling the penalty area. Yeah. Unless he blames another one with a wind-assisted... Uh, hey, there's some storms this week. Uh, yeah. And we're, oh, no, we're playing Tottenham up here. If we were going down south, you, would have, you know, could have judged the wind a little bit better. Um, we've already touched on uh, Kone being out. Uh, for the game against Villa on Saturday uh, and took the knock missed the bus <laughs> took the knock in the whole game where he, he had that chance that we you know we, we had a little bit of a laugh about um, there's a few people got in touch with us uh, on the, on our Facebook page and asked us to have a little discussion about Kone and do we think do we seriously think as much as we want him to do, do we think he's going to come good no he's rubbish uh, I I don't know. He, he he looks rubbish at the moment. No, he is rubbish. Yeah, I think I'll tell you why he looks rubbish. Because he's rubbish. <laughs> That's I just can't. I don't get it. I, I don't get what what the appeal of him is. Well, he tore us to pieces uh, three times last season. So we had one good game. Three times. No, th- in three. Do you think so? And he didn't. I love that he didn't. You know, we got tore apart in the cup game against in the league. Football. In the league as well. And at their, their ground as well. Maybe he just likes playing against Everton. Yeah, and, and he's continuing to do that. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, he's, he's an agent. He's a, oh. Maybe he's bossing trainer because he just loves playing against Everton. He's peg legs a- agents to sabotage the Blues. No, I, I, um, I think he's, other than that terrible miss, I think he showed a, little, a few signs that maybe his confidence, his fitness is coming back. And... Um, I'm still 50-50 over whether he will come good. Yeah, in all honesty, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here playing devil's advocate, shouting he's rubbish all over the place, but he needs to be given a chance, doesn't he? Uh, you know, he's one of well, them. He's got, he's he needs a, to be given a chance by the by us, I suppose. But, yeah, by Evertonians. But and he needs does, he, to, does he, he need to be given a chance by Martinez? Well, not uh, not in the league at the moment. Yeah. He's, he's another one who's suffering from capital cup syndrome, along with, you know, Delafeu. They're not going to get games now. There's no other games for these players to play in, um, you know. And I think the only way we're going to really see Kone is if you know. I, I don't even want to say it, but if Lukaku gets injured. But just talking on that, and that's a nice little link there. Um, you know, say uh, Rob, uh, Bobby Ems said that Kone is coming back to full fitness. He's also said, and this is a scary thought, Lukaku is not quite at his best because he's not quite fully fit yet. That's well, I think we we realised that because we talked well, about we, we the said way about he, seems to, he seems to fall behind. I mean, he played ninety minutes this week, didn't he? So, but um, if he's not fit at the start of games, you know what's he going to be like when, when he's fully fit? I think it's just a terrifying thought for other teams, and it's just you know, it's yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. Um, but obviously, there has been some talk this week as well about maybe getting a bit of extra firepower into sort of 
possibly replace Lukaku next season or even come in in January and, and be a bit of backup for him. And say bye. I think if I think if that happens, um, the the, the fellow you tell me about, I think uh, a similar player might be on his way out. We discussed again last week. Yeah, uh, obviously we've been heavily linked this week with a lad called Philip Georgievich. I think that's how you pronounce his name anyway. Easy for uh, you to say. It is, mate, yeah. Uh, he's Serbian international, uh, six foot one, seems a physical lad, currently playing for Nantes in uh, Ligue 1 in France. Uh, and I think he scored seven goals in 13 this season. It's that's alright. Attracted a bit of Premiership uh, interest, uh, us being one of the clubs interested. Uh, and he's out of contract in the summer, so you could probably pick him up in January for probably a, quite a small fee. I would have thought maybe a million quid or something in January, or, or wait till the summer to pick him up on a free. Uh, and possibly, are you thinking, Georgievich in, Jelovic out? I'm not hoping, but uh, I, I can see that happening. I'd like us to have you know four, four attackers to choose from, um, but... I can see I that think spell in the, the end for the, the style we play when we because we only really play one up top. We don't really need four strikers at the club. I think we need three strikers, and then you've got Morales as well. You can play there if need be. Um, so I, I I don't think we need four strikers. And is it really worth wasting a, a wage packet on somebody if, if we if we don't really need them? No, I, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's ominous. Another player who I, who I haven't written this down, who we get, continue to be linked with. But then it's it's being linked with as um, top European sides are going to battle with Everton to sign Fernando. And it's not Torres, but it's the Fernando again from uh, Porto. Uh, I think Inter are being linked with him this He's week. He's just the lad who we were trying to sign on from transfer, transfer deadline, deadline day. And he wasn't interested. And he wasn't interested. But, you know, we, we, we had a good start to the season and maybe we look a little bit more... So he's a bit of a glory on today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, okay. He couldn't be asked being involved in a mid-table uh, battle, but now we're, uh, we we started okay. You just moving to Southampton now as well, is yeah. he? Yeah. We've um, already talk, talk, uh, talked about Osman, and you know, good to see him come on and make an impact and such a telling contribution to that game and basically won the match for us. Um, I mean, just touching on Osman, there was a little bit of a debate going on on Facebook the other day about, uh, you know, is he a good player or is he just merely a good servant to the club? Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people underestimate Osman, you know. He does, he is, we've talked about this, he is a form player. Yeah. He goes through periods, doesn't he, where he's, you know, a great player for Everton and then he'll have a few off games or an off month or so. Um, but you can't knock his contribution to Everton over the years, you really can't. Yeah, I mean, he has four or five good games and then in a row, and then he has one or two where he kind of dips a little bit, gets dropped. But are we going to judge him on the one or two games or the four and five? Well, I'll take the four and five every yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's a good player. and I wouldn't dream of ever wanting to sell the no. lad. I, hopefully he stays till he retires and then he gets a job on the coaching staff. Yeah, I think his game, I, I think his game still, still, you know, he's 31. Or 32, it's still adapting now and he, he, he reads the play really well. Um, and I, I still think, you know, I think as, as, as he gets even more mature, um, he might drop back a little bit more. But I think, I think you know, his best performances so far has been when, he, when he's coming into that Barkley role, that Barkley's that made his own this season. And I think the fact, you know, that Armour Field's quite packed at the moment, he, he has got potential to be a, a good impact sub. If, that, if that's going to be his role, 
then yeah. I think he can do that and he can stretch people when he, if he comes on late when people are tired. Yeah, and he is, he has, he, the way he reads the play, you know, we could be sat on the bench picking out the holes, you know, for an hour and then come on 30 minutes and just pull the game to pieces. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I've got no worries about him um, and hopefully he can make an impact if, if, he, if he plays on Saturday, it's Sunday, sorry, uh, Tottenham game. And, Obviously, we talked about Osman's goal there, and we wanted to touch on another goal scorer for Everton. Oh, yeah. Uh, one that isn't going to make the bookmakers very happy after they've all paid out on Morales' first goal against Hull. Uh, but the, uh, the dodgy goals panel, or whatever they call these The days, dubious goals panel. I was a dubious, right? Yeah. I thought it was dodgy. Uh, I've, just, to, just to really upset Steve Bruce even further, because uh, he's, not, he's not Gareth Barry's biggest fan. The goal's now been awarded to Gareth Barry. It's not really um, <laughs> a way he would have liked to get off the mark for the Blues. And I think Morales will be gutted. And the fancy footy folk will be gutted if, uh, if it gets taken off Morales. Um, I, I still I still don't know how, how they can give it. I, I, it. The ball didn't deviate at all. It didn't look like... I, mean, I don't know, maybe they've gone through and looked proper zoomed in and seen a brush of a lace or something like that. Do you know what? I like it just for the amusement factor that it'll probably really wind Steve Bruce up. Yeah, I could just see him sat in his little office at, at, at Hull's ground and he's like doing a bit of research, look up, turns the internet on and sees that that goal has been given to Gareth Barry and I'm just going, oh, why yeah. you little? <laughs> yeah, so he, he, uh, he's not too happy, uh, but Barry probably is. Um, Goal's a goal, they all count. Yeah, they all count and it got us off the mark and we ended up winning the game, so... Uh, just another one final little bit of news uh, Garbett and Duffy I believe are continuing to impress on loan on the loan spells as well so yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> we said it's a slow week a great little piece of journalism there yeah they are impressing and uh, I can't say I've seen either of them play rather they've been out on loan so I can't really comment on that okay uh, don't forget, just another little piece before we sign off from this uh, wonderful news jam-packed week. News! Um, we have got the Alan Stubbs night coming up, which we mentioned last week, so we won't bore all our listeners again with the details. Uh, if you do fancy coming to meet Alan Stubbs and you're a fan of the podcast, we'll get you in for nothing. Yeah. Uh, to support uh, local kids' teams, uh, it's at the MB Club, Liverpool City Centre, and it's on Thursday the 7th of November. Half seven start, turn up, mention our podcast, and you get in. Right, you can't say further than that. No, nope. easy stuff. I am Ian Snowden, and you're listening to the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. Well, as we mentioned in the news section there, it's not been uh, the, the, the most busy of weeks in all things Everton. Uh, but what I have thought about this week is it's obviously we're getting to sort of the quarter point in the season now, nine games gone, um, and we're starting to get a good idea of the way the league's going to shape up and, and also, you know, players who are in form. Uh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, who we think the players of the season have been so far, uh, not just Everton players, uh, but also who, who you think have been the stars of the Premier League. Uh, there was an interesting debate going on on Facebook the other day. Uh, somebody, a dirty, horrible copite basically said that, you know, there's only one player this season so far and it's, it's, and it's Suarez by a mile. Uh, I disagreed. I actually thought, it, you know, on current form, I think Wayne Rooney's head and shoulders above everybody else. What about yourself, Johnny? 
Um, Ramsey. You think? I mean, Ramsey's a great shout. He, he looks a completely different player, doesn't he? he? Just, from, he just from looks immense. He's, he's got bags of skill, goal scoring, assists, pace. And he's just yeah, he's just unbelievable. He's like a worldie. Well, I mean, also, I mean, if you're talking about Arsenal players as well, I think you know you can't fault what Ozil's done since he's he's come as you know to, coming in with a big price tag. And he, he looks, he just looks a different class, doesn't he? Stick, well, uh, sticking with Arsenal, and you know, you, you could you could name a number of them. Um, you know, they're top of the league for a reason. Giroud, he's, yeah. he's uh, you know, they, they get criticised, been criticised for um, for years for not really replacing Henri. You know, the Ad- Ad- was like a good player, but he, he's just too temperamental, too hit and miss. And um, you know, the Walcott wanted to play up front, but he continues to play him out wide when he's when he's fit. But Giroud looks like um, a real player, doesn't he? The, the only thing I think with Giroud is I don't think he's he's world class. I think he's fairly limited in in, in what he does. You know, you I, you don't really see him. You know, dropping off and play. I know he, you know he was involved in Wilshire's great goal last weekend, and Wilshire's another one who's starting. Seems like he's starting to come into a little bit of form. But he hasn't really done it for me so far this season. Uh, but yeah, I take what you're saying. I mean, th- there's a lot of good strikers around the Premiership at the moment, isn't it? Lukaku, obviously, we've got to mention who was five and five. You know, you can't knock that. Ben Teke started off brilliantly before, uh, before obviously he got uh, he got injured. Uh, Giroud, as you mentioned, and then you know Van Persie started well, but probably hasn't had the impact from last season. Uh, and then obviously there's there's Suarez. Oh, and, and stupid, I'm a little teapot. And, and so, I mean, right, it's rare that we'll say anything about Liverpool on, on this podcast that's complimentary, but I have to hold my hand up at the moment that, you know, the two of them are on fire. And, and that I hat- wish they were on fire. <laughs> that hat-trick of uh, Suarez is at the weekend, yeah? I mean, and Sturridge's chip, you, you can't fault it. They were great goals. and and, and, and it, well, Yeah, <laughs> they were all offside. But they, they are banging form at the minute. Um so, but I mean, it's easy to pick strikers, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're the ones to make all the headlines, really, aren't they? They are, but I mean, I mean as we've mentioned, those or we've mentioned Ramsey, uh, you know, there's been a, a lot I, I wanted to pick out, and, and again, it's going back to Southampton, and we're, we're getting the third mention on this week's podcast. Uh, there's a lot playing midfield for them, Schneiderlin, uh, and he was at some point linked in, in the summer linked with Everton. Uh, but you know he's a great box to box midfielder, good in the tackle, and he's actually come up with them from from League One basically. Mm. You know, come up through the ranks. So uh, I don't, he's he's you know playing out of his skin at the moment. Um, at the other end of the scale, we've had uh, there's been a few players who've been particularly disappointing. Yeah, I mean Joe Hart again. You know that blunder at the weekend where you know would you would you blame him for blame blame him on Stasic? Um, I don't think Nastasic did him any favours, yeah. but you know I think Joe 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 Older went to call on them for some strange reason. Joe Hart of old uh, probably would have you know would have done a lot better with that. So I think he's just the, the problem he's got is with being an England international. The minute he makes one mistake, everyone jumps on his back, and then every little thing he does is highlighted to the nth degree. So I mean you know his confidence must must be in tatters at the minute. Um, you've also, you know, back to players who have made an impact. An obvious one again is uh, Andros Townsend. Yeah, oh, wow. and um, you know we, we talked. You, one of your ones to watch uh, from previous uh, games 
Rival Morrison they've all made impacts haven't they yeah nice the, you know it was bit, there was a big outcry at the start of the season of young English talent where was it coming from and you know obviously Ross Barkley we haven't mentioned this season Barkley Townsend Morrison uh, Luke Shaw who we mentioned you know there, there is good English kids coming through and yeah. you know it's it's funny that because I mean you know there was the big as I said at the, the start of t- today's podcast you know the 100, 150th celebrations of the Football League and the FA and um, so Greg Dyke's been all over TV this week and you know it's brought up this you know prediction or goal or whatever you want to call it that England's going to win the World Cup in 2022 <laughs> and it's you know that's the goal um why not you know why can't we win it in in the summer or or even in four years time it's just the in thing in football these days everyone's got to have a plan or a project so yeah so do you think in 2022 on podcast episode 1647 uh we'll be saying that england have just won the world cup no and ross barkley scored the winner Ross Barkley, in 10 years' time, eh? You know, it could well be, yeah. Or nine years' time, he'll only be 28, won't he? The captain of England, 28, 29. Do you think Baines will still be going? Uh, Well, (laughs) you never know. Um, So, what I wanted to touch on as well, obviously, we discussed, you know, players there. I think at the start of the season, we probably had a little prediction about who we think would be top four. Uh, And it'd be interesting, I think, now, just to see who we think would finish in in the top four. Uh, now a quarter of the way through the season. Oh yeah, that's it's a, it's a really tricky one because I I still think I'm not sure of the order yet, but I still think it'll be City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man U. I agree. I think United will be carried purely on the basis of Rooney and, and Van Persie. You know they've got goals in them, haven't they? No matter what. Um, so. I think they'll probably bring a few players in in January, um, and it depends who Moyes gets in. Um, I do think Liverpool and Everton will be challenging for fourth place, then. And Tottenham? Tottenham haven't impressed me so far, I must Don't say that, we played them at the weekend. Oh, no. Why did they just say that? Tottenham have been brilliant this season, uh, and you know I can't, see, I can't see them doing anything but winning at the weekend. I think Tottenham's problem has been the same problem that they've had for about 10 years they've got about 20 midfielders all vying for like 4 or 5 spots and they're all super talented really good players but they, they can't really get a settled 4 or 5 of them I mean, obviously they've got Paulinho who's come in Townsend's burst onto the scene they've got Eriksen and they've got Holtby and Sandro uh, and Sigurdsson who you know you, you would have thought Holtby and Sigurdsson um, would have made way for these new signings but I hope he's only, he only signed last January. He's a new signing, really. But he's, he wasn't uh, as much, you know. And you got Lamella as well, who's come in, um, and and obviously Adam Lennon as well, still still there sniffing about, and you know they're, they're just the ones we can think of now. Um, Nico Cranchard, does he still play for them? Darren Anson, Chris yeah. Waddle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey uh, Hazard, Mickey Hazard. <laughs> Um, as you are dealers anyway so I, I don't think they've, they've, had, they've had quite a settled four or five of them in yet and um, I, just, I just hope they don't come good so to speak against us they're still scraping the wins though aren't they apart from that West Ham game you know they got a little 1-0 again with another penalty from 
Yeah, the they're, they're winning ugly at the moment, aren't they? But I'm sure this is going to come up in our match preview in a little bit. Oh, yeah, so. of course. Yeah. So, at the moment, top four-wise, we're both going for uh, the two Manchester clubs, uh, Chelsea and, and Arsenal. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's most people. Really, we think Everton's going to win the league, but neither of us want to say it because... It'll, we don't want to jinx us. It'll jinx us. But, yeah, Everton are going to win the league. Um, and who's your pick for player of the season at the moment? Ramsey. You think Ramsey's form will continue all the way through? When he, yeah, I'm going to go Wayne Rooney for player of the season. I think at the end of the season, if he if he keeps, who was it? Who, was it Lloydy, your mate, who's just uh, dropped us off after footy and said that Suarez is in for a sh- in, in for a shout for player of the season already? He did, and, and I said he'll probably win Spanish player of the year when he goes to Real Madrid in January. You know, it just makes me sick how 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 they but like just took him back with open arms. Yeah, it's a joke, isn't it? It is. It's just he's just literally just took the piss out of that club, and you know, and they've, they just accept it and you know, embrace him and celebrate him. Disgusting. Anyway, we're not better. We're just better. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're um, so as we say, we don't think Tottenham are going to finish in the top four, and that leads us nicely on to uh, this weekend's match preview. Yeah, you're, you're getting in on the segways now. I'll learn them from the master son. Uh, Everton versus Tottenham. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. It's that time of the podcast again where we look ahead to the upcoming game at the weekend. And this time round, it's Tottenham coming up at Goodison on Sunday. Sunday, uh, early game Sunday, so half one kickoff. Uh, it's going to obviously be on Sky TV. Um, and I, I think I would have liked to have seen this game on, on like a Monday night, like last season. Yeah, I think like, was it Monday night or Saturday? Night? It was an evening game. It was an it? evening game, yeah. And it was uh, what a game it was! <laughs> what a game it was last season, yeah. Um, and we we needed a win to go fourth. We'd had a couple of draws, uh, so a, a win would have taken us fourth. And um, the first seventy odd minutes, or I don't remember it being a classic by by any means. There was a couple of handball shouts from what I remember, and um, but I, you know I think we we, we looked quite decent, um, and then out of the blue, um, Clint Dempsey, my mate Clint Dempsey, your mate Clint, took a swinger. It's a screamer. Yeah. No, it's, well, a screamer <laughs> off a uh, distance arse anyway. Yeah, deflects in into the top corner, like, completely deceives Howard, uh, and against the run of play. Uh, Tottenham take the lead um, and I think they could have gone two two up they had a couple of good chances I think from what I can remember Sigurdsson had another long ranger which hit the top of the bar as well um, but that wasn't to be the story of the game well the clock wound down to the 90th minute didn't he and, and at that point I think there was probably quite a few blues leaving um, and you know we, we weren't best pleased Um and little did we know, a few minutes later, it probably one of the best atmospheres at Goodison in a long time. Yeah, utter carnage. Um, and none other than um, Tottenham old man, who, while he was at Tottenham, was Everton old boy as well. Um, Stephen Pienaar steps up, races it, racing into the box with a bullet header of all things. Yeah, great cross uh, from the right from James Coleman. Uh, and a little stooping bullet header from, from Stephen Pienaar 
and you could tell he really enjoyed that goal because I don't think he really enjoyed his time at Tottenham. Yeah, uh, I, I'm probably really enjoyed scoring past them I think and it was uh, it was it was, a, it was a better celebration well it was an old school celebration really where he put shirt his, over his face his shirt over his face none of this turning the flag upside down or whatever God is great on his t-shirt uh, and celebrated in front of uh, a going crazy Gladys Street so yeah and we were there uh, we sighed a bit of a relief you know as I said we, 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 don't, we had a couple of draws and you know we, we wanted to kind of turn into victories but I think we probably would have had a draw there because you know it was getting on and we managed to get the goal back but up steps uh, up steps the deadly strike duo of Velius and Jelovic yeah Velius comes on um, and makes an, uh, a contribution which I think he, do, he, he did a lot. I think he, does he, lot. I think he made some sort of contribution every single time he came on. Yeah, but you managed to get a flick on into the path of Jelovic, uh, 92 or 93 minutes into the game. Deep into injury time. And uh, just, uh, if that was, if, if Pienaar's goal was carnage, then that was just pandemonium. Is that worse than carnage? I, th- I think pandemonium probably is worse than carnage. One of those bounce where you, everyone's bouncing around and you end up lying on on your I'd seat. Both of them worse than mayhem. Mayhem, mayhem, carnage, and pandemonium. I don't know. We'll pandemonium to... sounds better. So that does sound so better. So also yeah. pandemonium in the Gladys. You, you you end up covered in bruises, but, but you, which you don't realise until three or four days later. I'm pretty sure this was the game where I came and I I was in I'd hurt my neck. Oh, I yeah. pulled a muscle in my back. And I couldn't move my head. And the second goal went in. You don't get any choice about moving, do you? <laughs> no, second goal went in. And you and my uncle who comes to the game with us, Steve as well, both decided to jump on me and nearly kill me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and well, I think we got off lightly because normally Mick, who sits behind us as well, grabs me and I never get to see goals because he's going mad anyway <laughs> on my shoulders. Um, but yeah, 2-1. 2-1 win puts us up into fourth place and it was a great and then we just just, just amazing just singing yeah. wasn't it you know and such a, a great result for us and we went up to fourth last season uh, on the back of that um, and, and you know that probably gave us confidence going in for the, the Christmas period and the, the rest of the season following that um, and I'd happily take that again I think oh, if only you know going into that period and we'd gone up to fourth if we'd have got you know a Lukaku in that January window. Yeah. Or you if Jelovic had popped in a few more of those yeah, goals like he did a, against A few Spurs. more like that, yeah. Because I think, you know, it's been said a lot, um, and I, I completely agree, that's what we were missing last season from that final push. Um, a, a, quali- a, a top quality striker in yeah. form. We didn't have enough goals from up front last season. Um, but So that was the story of last year. Uh, and there's been, you know, a lot of changes since then. Uh, you know, Tottenham have bought... Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's no Gareth Bale, which is always a good thing. He didn't play against us in that game as well. No, he didn't actually. No, he yeah, you're right. Um, uh, but since then, he had bought everybody. He bought 15 midfielders and four attackers. Yeah, they, they, got, they got a copy of Championship Manager and, and somehow managed to set up some virtual reality uh, machine where whenever they bought anyone on Championship Manager, they signed for them in real life as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know obviously uh, there's been a change of the blues with, with Bobby M's uh, Blue Army and Bobby M's Revolution uh, and all the rest of it so as we said we've touched on Tottenham before when we were talking about you know how we think teams are getting on so far this season and I haven't been overly impressed with Tottenham but the ominous thing with them is they're winning ugly 
And they're yeah. grinding out 1-0 wins, they're getting penalties, Soldado's tucking the pens away. I think they've won four games now, 1-0 from a penalty. Yeah, so they, they, had, they had that, you know, where I think only one or two games where everything seems to have clicked, with, as, I, as I mentioned before, with Paulinho and Eriksson. And, you know, Eriksson's first game, and he had a couple of assists, and we thought, oh, they've got a real, real player here. And I think he is. But as I said... Well, this is going to touch nicely on Mark Maxman to watch. Oh, yeah, go on. Because uh, I've picked out Ericsson this week. Uh, you know, it would have been easy to pick out Townsend, who's the man who, who's banging form for them, or Soldado, who's you know, scored a few in the last couple of weeks. But Ericsson has been quiet the last couple of games and, and has even you know, lost his place to, to Sigurdsson in a couple of games. Um, but I rate him as a player. I think he's quality. I've seen him quite a few times playing for Ajax. Uh, and I've always thought he was decent and uh, his first couple of appearances for Tottenham he looked he looked a worldy. He looked you know, he looked great. Um and I, and I think he's had a little bit of a rest and I think he, he could be back to Holland Everton at the weekend. Uh, yeah, I I, I I mean the danger is uh Holtby as well, isn't it? Holtby's like he's he's well known that his his dad's a big blue and he you know, he's constantly getting links with a move to Everton because of that. Um so Hopefully. They're the type of stories that come and bite you. Know, yeah, right? we don't want that to bite us in the arse. And, um, the know. only thing I'll say, though, is, you know, for every great attacking midfielder that they can put out, you know, the likes of your, your Ericsson and your, your Holtby's and your Sigurdsson's, uh, we, we've got James McCarthy and Gareth Barry, uh, you know, who, who are an attacking midfielder's nightmare at the moment. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah, both could have been <laughs> um, got red carded in the past two games. Um, I didn't mean that, like, hard <laughs> yeah. challenges. I just meant, like, I don't think there's an attacking midfield in the country that will want to play against those two the way that you yeah, the, 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 the covering is great. It's just, um, just, they're just so, I, I don't know whether you, you use this term a lot in football, but sensible a lot, of, you know, on, like, with with the play, um, nothing too daft. Not running past the the attackers. They leave it to players like Barkley, Osman, Pina, Morales. Hang on a minute, Gareth Barry's a, a flying left winger who sets up goals for Leon Osman at the minute. No, I think he had about five minutes <laughs> of space and in, in space uh, to pick out that pass. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, and obviously, you know, we've been beaten once. In good uh, Goodison in a year, yeah. Um, so it's I actually, I actually think I'm not feeling overly confident about this game. I actually think this is the toughest test we've had at Goodison for a long time, and just purely just because Tottenham are grinding out results. If I, my match prediction, I'm gonna go a one-one draw. Let's have a little bit of thought about uh, the lineup. You know, we we touched a little bit on it. Um, do we think Osman's going to come back in? And if so, who for? I would like to see in this game. I give Barkley a rest. I think he needs one. Put him on the bench. And I would like to see Osman and Pienaar out on the, on the wings and Morales played inside just behind uh, Lukaku. Because I think Morales and Lukaku really link up well. And I'd like to see how that will, how that will play out if they both play down the middle. See, this is this is a tricky one here because where would you put Osman? On the right. On the right hand side. Yeah. Um, so you got Pinar. You know, Walker's a you know pacey character on the right, and so you got Pinar and Baines against him. Um, I'm sure who's got left back? Is it Vertonghen? 
Yeah, it is for Tongan at the minute. Obviously, he's more recognised as a centre half, but you know, I think they're a bit short at left back, aren't they? So he's filling in at the moment at left back. Um, and they've got Dawson and they've got that the, the lad he bought in the summer. I don't know how you spell his, pronounce his name, Churches or something in, in, at centre half alongside Dawson. Pass. Um, I think it'd be a bit of a shame if if he sticks with Osman, if he puts Osman in the side. I think it'd be a shame to put him on the wing because I think that's what he made his impact from that support role at the weekend. So there's a definite, you know, they're very interchangeable, though, aren't they? You know. Oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah. They will switch around. And Batongan's yeah. not well. He does get forward, doesn't he? But he's not going to be like a flying fullback. I wouldn't have thought up that left hand side. So just I think there'd be room for Coleman to push up, probably. Yeah, just keep Coleman out of the box. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, what we need to do. I'm going to use the same word again that I've just used, sensible. And with regards to what you said about Barkley being rested, um, I can see why that would happen. But I don't think Blues would have it. Everton fans, it will be like, oh, you're just like Moyes, you know. Um, it, it, do you think? I, no, I, I, you know, our fans are sens- sensible fans in the majority I think and I, I, I think you know no one's saying he's getting dropped but he just we have got enough players in the squad now to be able to do a little bit of rotation maybe, yeah maybe this is one of those one off games because of the impact that Osman made where you could justify it but normally I think Blues would be up in arms if you're replacing Osman with Barkley I don't actually Barkley with Osman. Know, I don't actually think it'll happen I think we'll probably go the same way as we did and Osman will be on the bench and we'll line up exactly the same way as we did but if this, in my opinion that's what I would do I think Barkley could probably benefit from a little bit of a rest yeah so obviously I mean you know there's, there's no one looking to you know, coming back from injury or anything who's looking to burst into the team is there you know it looks like Pretty much, apart from Gibson, our full strength side at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you know, we we don't know what Alcaraz is going to do. Whether he'll start to push if he's in Martinez's, you know, plans for the first team. Uh, but yeah, as you say, you know, we are what we are at the moment. I've got a question for you, and it's just come to me. Where on earth is Brian Oviedo? Do you get it? It's like that little play on words there. It's. A very vague reference to a kids' cartoon program from the nineties, but so I get it, but I'm sure none of the listeners will. There's a few blues our age and on the podcast generation. He was on the bench against Villa, was he? Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> so that's where he is. That didn't make sense then. <laughs> um, but so we talked. We talked a few times about uh, the strength on our bench, and again, you know, it, you know, players getting fit. Again, apart from Gibson and Alcaraz, um, it just looks good, doesn't it? It does. Are yeah. you going to give us a prediction? <laughs> You're funny, you. <laughs> so I, I think I want one draw. Um, if we'd have been playing on a Saturday night or a Monday night, I would have said the win to the Blues. But because it's an early kickoff on a Sunday, I'm going to say I want one draw. And looking at the, the upcoming fixtures following that. I mean, we've got, I think, the next game after Tottenham's Palace away, uh, which is, well, you'd expect three points there, wouldn't we you? Just, we just hope, we just hope that they don't get the new manager syndrome if they, if they have someone in place by then. Because at the moment, they're whipping boys, aren't they? They could get Jose Mourinho as the manager, and I'd still expect three points there, to be fair. Uh, and then after that, it's... The shite. The derby. So, uh, we could potentially get... If we beat Tottenham, it's, it's an easy nine points in the next three games. Yeah, yeah, we could we could end up top. 
And once we're top, we'll still be doing our Hall of Fame every week, even when we win the league and the Champions League, we'll still be doing it. We'll have more people to put in then as well. We will, yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing now. Uh, we'll play a little clip and we'll be back with uh, the Not Bitter, Just Better Hall of Fame. And as Mark's just said just before his cars kicked in, it's time once again for the next inductee into the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton Hall of Fame. And we were having a look through, weren't we, and, um, and we were trying to think what was missing from the side that we've got so far. And we haven't got an absolute nut job in there. So. We haven't, no. I know there was quite a few to choose from when we looked through, wasn't Don't there? get me wrong, we've got... Hard men in there, obviously Tim Cale and Waggy and LeBone, but and how one out head the ball, we haven't got one. No, and there was a couple to choose from. I mean, we had, you could have chose Tommy Gabberson. Nuts. He was nuts, yeah. I mean, he, he, Gaza, Gaza was nuts, wasn't Mental, he? yeah. Totally nuts. Abel Xavier, he, well, he was yeah. rubbish. Yeah, rubbish. But he was nuts. Yeah. Um, but instead, we went for probably Everton's most well-known nut job. Well, one of uh, football's most well-known nut jobs, like in history, really, isn't he? And who was it? Well, he was that much of a nut job. His nickname is Psycho, and it's Psycho Pat. Psycho Pat. So I want to start the Hall of Fame as we always do, and I want to ask you, Johnny. He's got two middle names, Psycho Pat. I know this one. What are Psycho Pat's middle names? Van and Den. You having a laugh? <laughs> That's a surname. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, His surname is Van Den Howe. He's got two middle names other than Van and Den. I, I just thought he was using his full name. Now he's got two... Do you want to know his full name? Patrick. Patrick, correct? Yeah. Oof, yes. And? Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, we you Patrick William... My favourite part of his name, Roger Van Den Howe. So Patrick William Roger Van Den Howe, it's a bit of a mouthful, that really, isn't he? Yeah, how many names do you want, like? <laughs> He's getting greedy, isn't he? That's why people like Joe can only get one. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's taking them all. He only deserves one. So Patrick William Roger Van Den Howe. Pat. Uh, or Pat, as we know him, or Psycho. Friend we, of the podcast. Uh, you're doing it again? We've got to stop name dropping because people are going to start to think that we love ourselves. Well, we just love our blues, don't we? Well, we have been the match with them, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Pat Van Der Nau, uh, was born the 16th of December, 1960. So that makes him 52. Doesn't look 52, does he? No, he really he really doesn't. Um, Considering um, some of the abuse he's gave his own body, he should look probably a lot older than some of the other players, which he doesn't. Yeah, compare him to Bailey, for instance. <laughs> yeah, he should look like Keith Richards, shouldn't he? <laughs> well, he is like he is like one of the Rolling Stones. Isn't he? They, they, they never really age, or well, they do age, but and and they've got a, um, a a common ground there as well, haven't they? 
I think we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was born, place of birth. Uh, I, 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 I do know this. Is it Birmingham? Are you, are you, <laughs> you are not doing well today. Uh, Belgium. Is it? Well, it, yeah. Uh, you, you know, because he was born in Belgium but played for Wales. I thought he was. I thought he was English with a Belgian name but played for Wales. No, he was right. born in Belgium uh, in Dendermonde, to be precise. Was he brought up in Birmingham? Uh, I, I just wonder if Johnny, if you could tell me anything about the the social, economic, or political standings of Dendermonde in Belgium. No. Okay. <laughs> um, and obviously, well, we all know Pat from from his time at Everton, but I think probably what led you to believe he was born in Birmingham was uh, that he played for Birmingham City before. Uh, uh, right. uh, he was at Birmingham City from 1978 to 1984, making 123 appearances for the Jag Blues, uh, and scoring uh, one goal. Uh, he actually he joined Birmingham City after being brought up uh, in, in London. So again, as you say, you thought he was born, he was English, and you thought he was a Brummie, but he wasn't. He was actually a Cockney, uh, and. He made his debut for Birmingham uh, as a 17-year-old on the 7th of October uh, and uh, went on to have a, a decent run uh, with with Birmingham uh, before joining the proper Blues in September of 1984 for a fee of... How much did we pay for Pat now? 900,000. Nowhere near. 100,000. 100,000. Or one-third of a Darren Gibson. That's... Good going, that is. That, that is good going. Um, and he'd come into a side that already had a decent left back in uh, the aforementioned Bales. Yeah, Paul, Paul Bales. Uh, and obviously, we, we all know, we've covered this ground a few times now. Uh, he helped uh, Everton win the league and the European Cup win his cup in, in that season. Yeah, we suggested last week that we probably would induct all of these players into our Hall of Fame. It just so happens, you know. I think we chose Pat because you know he's got you're going to get onto it in a little bit. Tottenham and Everton in common, but you know it's an easy one to choose really. But no doubt he's got to be got to be in there, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, and I think he's probably more well known for the the league title win in, in '87. Um, if you go back to one of our very early podcasts, uh, we actually induct a specific game into our Hall of Fame, which was Everton versus Norwich in that season. Uh, where Everton basically tied up the, the league championship. Uh, and who scored the winning goal? Let me guess. Um, uh, Wayne Clark? No, it was actually Patrick William Roger Van Den Oh, nice one, nice one. It's got, it's good good that, that, you know, that was the answer to that question, seeing that he's, he's in our Hall of Fame, yeah? Well, that was probably why I asked it. Oh, yeah, I get you now. Uh, and then he stayed at the Blues till, till 1989. Um, but just touching on his Everton while he was at Everton at the moment, uh, and I don't know how many of our listeners will have read Psycho Pat's book, um, but if you haven't read it, then buy it because it is a very good book. I've read it, uh, and even our sometimes podcaster Paul Cronin gets an actual mention in the book. Yeah, uh, as a start, he's very appreciative of what Paul does when it, when he comes over, and you know, none more so. You know, he gets a, a credit in the book, and you know. He's really good, good mates with yeah, him. Yeah, he's good mates with Paul and Pat. Uh, and, you know, the, some of the stories he tells from his time and his days at Everton the, from behind the scenes, um, you know, I think it's it's well documented that, that Pat 
uh, like to drink, uh, probably liked uh, some other substances, uh, and very much liked his women as well. He liked to have a good time, did Pat. He was he, he was a bit of a rock and roll footballer, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, he was very much in the mould of uh, probably George Best, like George that kind. Best type, yeah. Yeah, um, you, you know the type of players like you know they have the reputation, um, and you know and he had the reputation on the pitch to match it as well, didn't he? Well, his reputation was a hard man, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. you know, there's not there's not many players. If I had to do a list of players, I wouldn't want to get tackled by. I think there wouldn't be many higher than Pat Van Der Nam. Yeah, I'd go with that. I don't because I quite like me face, I, and I don't want to be kicked in it. We talked like you know about you know our aspiring football non-careers, and you know we've already mentioned like you know you 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 fancy yourself as a bit of a winger, and I'd probably my best position you know would probably be maybe on the right wing not if Pat Van Der was playing <laughs> wouldn't we <laughs> we'll both just play centre we'll play a false number nine role um, but yeah and unfortunately his Everton career came came to an end in 1989 when he signed for Tottenham Hotspur uh, for a fee of uh, 575000 uh-huh. do you think Tottenham probably saw him as a young central midfielder at the time yeah they probably did they probably, probably thought he can boost, boost our midfields we've only got 19 this season we'll try and get it up to 20 uh, and he went on to make uh, 116 appearances for Tottenham uh, and won another trophy at his time at Tottenham in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention this, but he played 135 times in total for the Blues uh, and scored uh, two goals for us. So it's not bad, is it? Seeing as one and two of them with championship winning goals. Yeah, it's good going. It's not a, a bad little uh, thing. Um, as far as his personal life goes, we touched on it a little bit. Um, uh, in 1993, he famously married Page Three model Mandy Smith. Uh, he was the for- former wife of one of the Rolling Stones, Bill Wyman. Yeah, so that was that did tie in very yeah, nicely. Did tie didn't in, it? yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but they separated after two years and divorced in 1997. Uh, and I think Pat always gets asked about his time at Mandy Smith because at the time she was probably like the main pin-up girl, in, or one of the main pin-up girls in, in the country. Uh, so everyone thought, like, you know, Van der Nau was the luckiest man alive, but apparently she was a, a right pain in the backside. Yeah, by all accounts, yeah. And um, before, like, you know, David Beckham and Portion, you know, were, were parading on the front of all the tabloids, Pat and Mandy Smith were uh, big news, weren't they, as well? Yeah, they were. Um, and, you know... After he finished his football, his time at Tottenham, uh, he went down to Millwall, which was probably a club that suited him at the time. Yeah, um, and then played for a couple of a few little foreign clubs, basically as his as his career dwindled away. Um, as an international footballer, he, he made uh, thirteen appearances for Wales, uh, and now and then basically to get away, probably from sort of a, you know his past. Uh, and probably a bit of a destructive lifestyle once he finished football, uh, he moved out to, to South Africa, where he now coaches in South Africa. Yeah, I think he's very, very happy there, married over there and settled. I believe that's at a team called FC Kapstad, uh, and he's now married to a, a South African woman, uh, but does travel back over to, to the country, as we well know. Yeah, uh, we do. To, to do a lot of sort of blues-based dinners, uh, and... Last time he came over, I don't think he wanted to leave. <laughs> no, I mean, last time he came over... He came over for the uh, ancient race course, too, which was like a, a proper legends night with like it, 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 the, the, the 
big eighties team, wasn't it? The yeah, whole it team. was. Uh, but but loved the love of the Evertonians so much. Uh, basically stayed for about two weeks and ended up going to Everton Chelsea last game of the season with us on the on the coach. Yeah, we were sat with him the whole journey and yeah, just just a laugh. Obviously, you know he he's very wary because of the the, the past he's had, but just he loved being part. He loved being a he is a blue through and through now, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I actually I sat next to him at the match, uh, and what I got the. What amazed me about him was he, he couldn't believe the noise of the Everton, the Everton supporters actually sitting. I don't think he's ever actually. He said he sat in the crowd at Goodison before, but he's never gone. He's never you know experienced an away game as a supporter of Everton, and he, he was just blown away by the Evertonian support and, and the passion that the fans were showing. Uh, and you know, it was funny because you'd be sitting there, and then all of a sudden you just there something in the crowd go. Pat and Pat, Pat, and Pat had sort of give it a bit of a wave. I just want to go back to uh, on on the bus when the uh, little funny story about that fella who came up and he was like, "Oh, can't wait, can't wait." Pat and was one of my. Is, is he on the coach yet? And was a group of us sat there. He's one of my favourite players of all time. In fact, he's my favourite player of all where time. Is he? He where is he? Where is he? Where's Pat? Where's Pat? And he was actually asking Pat Van Der Waals. He was actually asking Pat Van Der <laughs> So, and he doesn't look any different. I think this fella just had a little bit of a in his defence. In his defence, yeah, he probably wasn't. He was probably <laughs> in the sort of condition that Pat Van Der would have been two hours before the match in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he was off his barney basically. Uh, but yeah, that was amusing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we needed enough job, so we called in the best. Best, Everton's most notorious. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly one of our most notorious players, and also one of our most loved, I would say. Um, the psycho is in the Hall of Fame. Psychopath. Get in there. Well, on that note, um, that's another podcast in the can. It'll be interesting to, to see you... Uh, Pat, William, Roger, Van der will be supporting on Sunday. Uh, I think it'll be the Blues and not Spurs, won't it? I think he'll be sat at home in South Africa watching... Um, was he? <laughs> Maybe. And, uh, no, I think he probably gets it. It's on Sky, so oh, yeah, he'll probably get yeah. it in South Africa. So Yeah, um, and he'll be cheering on the Blues. and He'll be, he'll be remembering, oh, remembering our company and wishing he was watching the match. I think us. he probably doesn't remember us in the slightest. <laughs> However, I'm sure he'll be supporting the Blues. Um, so... So yeah, that's it, Blues. Um, looking forward to Sunday. Hopefully, we'll we'll be uh, buzzing again uh, on next week's podcast. Uh, it's funny this. Are we uh, every every week when you know there's not a lot of news going on, and we have a little. Oh, what are we going to talk about in the news this week? And we've managed to go an hour and fifteen again, which is what we always go. <laughs> yes, yeah, without even because we don't. You, you might think. No, well, in fact, if you've listened to us, you can probably tell that we don't really plan these things. We just have a rough idea of what we're going to talk about, and then we just talk shit. And somehow it always manages to come out in an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, there or thereabouts. So, yeah. Um, so, once again, thanks for listening. Anyone who you know who's a blue, tell them that we're dead funny and boss, and tell them to listen to our podcast. Uh, and, and that's it this week yeah as always uh, boring bit um, if you're listening on SoundCloud and have an Apple device uh, check us out on the iTunes store we're also on Stitcher if you know what that is um, it's like an online radio station where you can do radio on demand um, and other than that I'd like to say thank you very much for listening as well and we'll catch you after another blue victory uh, 
we're just getting off now because we've both got uh, trials to play central midfield for Spurs. So uh, we possibly may see you even earlier on Sunday if we get a game. So uh, see you later. Thank you.